Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. Globalization has been the hot topic in management education in recent years. Some business schools have responded to globalization by initiating a slew of programs designed to nurture international skills and cultivate graduates who can work with ease in cross-cultural environments. But are business schools doing enough to prepare students for the global business environment? Professor Howard Thomas is the dean of Lee Kong Chian School of Business at the Singapore Management University. The author of over thirty books and two hundred articles, Professor Howard Thomas's career in business and management education has spanned nearly fifty years. He has been a business school dean on three continents: University of Illinois in the USA. Warwick Business School in the UK and Singapore Management University in Asia, and is one of the most highly cited scholars in his field. He is recipient of five honorary degrees, as well as the prestigious Richard Whip Lifetime Achievement Award by the British Academy of Management. Bridging theory and practice, he has also been a consultant to global companies and professional organisations. In this podcast. Professor Howard Thomas shares his insights on the impact of globalization on business education and the skills that the Go Anywhere graduate must possess, including analytical, cultural, contextual, and emotional intelligence to succeed in today's increasingly volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous business world. Looking at today's business education around the world. Do you think enough of globalization is being taught in the classroom? I think the answer to that question is one of those classic answers that you get from、uh, professors: "Is well, it depends,、um, but it it depends very much on the school, and it depends on the criteria used to bring globalization into the classroom." So, from my perspective, the most the two most important things are: you need to move to a model. In which national boundaries no longer matter, and more importantly than that, even you must incorporate international and multicultural thinking into the curriculum. And I could give you some examples, and I think it's probably the best way to do it. And with respect to SMU, and particularly the undergraduate program, we focus on in a regional and international studies cluster. Issues such as international business, and there we don't just talk about globalization; we talk about hyperglobalization, the concept in which actually the emerging markets such as Singapore and other markets in Asia have quickly caught up with the high-income countries of the West. We also have a regional and Asian studies cluster, which very much focuses on the differences in the. Economies that exist in the Asian region, so Singapore and Hong Kong and China, and possibly Korea and one or two others would be considered relatively mature economies in the region. On the other hand, if you look at Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, Indonesia as examples, they are very different, and the Philippines in terms of the nature of that economy. Even though there has been this west to east shift in Uh, the global economy, in other words, from legacy markets in the West to both Asia and Latin America's fast-growth economies, and I think the other thing that's important and that we try and stress here at 
in SMU is the notion of glocalization, not globalization. And you'll notice that a C takes the place of a B. And what that means is that there's a trade-off between global standardization and local differentiation. You have to understand the nature of those different markets. Now, what do we do to push this into the students? Well, 84% of our students last year had some form of study abroad experience. Uh, business study missions, uh, which are part of the curriculum. Some people took a, a term off and studied one of our 200 partner institutions across the world. And we also have a requirement in our undergraduate program that students take uh, community projects into account. Many of those are social innovation projects in uh, countries close to Singapore, but not necessarily in Singapore. And the other element is, of course, we want to make sure that we build alliances with schools in other regions. Quite apart from the study abroad experience, we work closely with schools in China, in India, uh, in the United States, in Europe, very much on joint programs and joint activities. So I think what we're trying to do is to make people completely aware and we have to have a situation where people understand the meaning and the impact of globalization. Professor, can you articulate the particular skills required in business? The answer to that question is twofold. One, you must have in any curriculum breadth as well as depth. So the breadth is really to build a broad set of skill sets rather than the particular skill sets that would arise in a, in a specific discipline, like accounting skill sets in accounting or law skill sets in law or business skill sets in business. So I would suggest that I concentrate the answer on the topic of breadth. And breadth in, in the context of what I would regard as a modern business curriculum would require the following skills. First of all, the skills of analysis, the ability to analyze a problem, and also to frame and structure that problem, to understand the nature of the problem. The second one would be what I would describe as skills in the liberal arts, skills that derive from study of, for example, history. History tells you an awful lot about how economies evolve. It also tells you an awful lot about how organizations and companies evolve. And from my perspective, that develops, together with other liberal arts traditions, skills of critical thinking. Beyond that, there are a set of people skills, and I call those people skills contextual intelligence. And contextual intelligence means understanding the context in which you would operate as an individual within a particular economy whether it or not it is Singapore or Europe or the United States, wherever it is, you understand the context, the rules, the regulations, and so on that take place in that country, particularly the economic conditions. The second set of skills, people skills, I regard as important are emotional intelligence. And I think too many people talk too much and don't listen. So listening reflectively and building relationships are tremendously important. The third set of people's skills I think are important are skills of cultural intelligence. And those involve understanding cultures, behaviors, beliefs, and norms that exist in different countries. And the other skill that I think is particularly important in, in a people context 
is skills of sensitivity. Uh, by that I mean is being sensitive to others, trying to understand other people and treating them with humility, not deference or cynicism. Now the final skill I think that is tremendously important, particularly as the global economy expands, is the pace of change. And very often the way we've described that in business schools is the skills involved in working in what is called a VUCA environment. VUCA spelt V-U-C-A. And that means an environment which is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. In other words, with fast change, the rules are not well established. So all of these skills are tremendously important, and to greater or lesser degrees, they're part of how you try and inculcate breadth in a student, as opposed to the depth that would come from specialization in a particular major or a particular topic. Could you elaborate about each of these skills? I'd love to, because I think all of them are particularly important. Um, I talk from the perspective of having been trained in mathematics, mathematical statistics, and having a PhD in decision theory, which would probably kill a lot of people who don't understand or love mathematics or statistics. Yet nowadays it's tremendously important to be able to use statistics, and it's particularly important to be able to use computer analysis and simple computer modeling in working in organizations. So, for example, here in SMU we teach spreadsheet modeling. It is not difficult, but it takes time to absorb. We also have what is called here in SMU a business analytics function, which is about living analytics. And nowadays, students are going to be exposed more and more to large data sets and must have the ability to analyze those data sets. I mean, the obvious examples to people who are out there are Google and Facebook, which have all sorts of records and conversations with people which can yield tremendous insights, for example, about consumer behavior. I mean, for example, one place in which this has been used, not in Singapore, but in the United States, is that the famous Sandy hurricane disaster, the meteorological forecasters determined where the hurricane was likely to hit on the East Coast, but they actually knew exactly where it was hitting from analyzing Google conversations and Facebook conversations right at the spot of impact. That enhances a MET forecast and makes things so much better and so much easier. Let's say for people who work in the insurance industry or people who are trying to do disaster management in the context of the United States. The second skill I picked out was a skill of humanism, the liberal arts, and critical thinking. It is absolutely clear to me that studying things like philosophy, psychology, studying history are tremendously important in getting people to have a wider scope. Let me give you an example from history and why I think critical thinking is very important. It doesn't matter what economy you look like over the last 200 or 300 years. All of them go through business cycles. There are troughs, there are peaks. Even understanding business cycles requires an understanding not just of economics, but of history and the evolution of ideas in the context of countries and cultures. So that's why I think liberal arts is tremendously important. Sometimes students, when they study it, say, I don't get it. Where is this getting me to getting a job? 
Well, the answer is you'll figure it out when you get in a job, not when you're trying to study it at the time. Sometimes it may not be tremendously obvious. But if I get on to the people skills, these are often much more obvious to individuals. But for a go-anywhere graduate today, I mean, most graduates will have careers which extend over a number of short periods in different organizations. It isn't lifelong in IBM or in Unilever or whatever it may be. It is short bursts, often overseas postings, and that requires a go-anywhere graduate to be able to be ready, to be available, to understand, and to slot in in right. a job in a foreign posting as quickly as they possibly can. For that to be the case, in our program, we have a regional and global cluster, which I alluded to earlier on, but let me reinforce it. What you're doing in that culture is to try and understand the global and regional economies, particularly the Asian economies, but not just those economies. And one of the things that is obvious to anybody if they look across different countries is the demographic structure of populations. One of the serious problems here in Singapore, but it's also a huge problem in Western Europe, is the aging of the population. What is therefore required in those cultures in order to handle aging, to care for people and things of that kind? We need to get people to understand the evolution of de demography, the evolution of technology. Technology is so fast-paced. Here today, we're sitting and reading in the newspapers that BlackBerry is about to go under, or at least lose half its workforce. But yet, BlackBerry was the creme de la creme 10 years ago in terms of handheld devices. Didn't figure out the touchscreen, but nevertheless is going under, or it looks as if it may be going under, as a result of fast-paced technological change and changing consumer pressures and interests. Skills of emotional intelligence are tremendously important. We teach those in SMU through two courses called Leadership and Team Building and management, Managing People at Work. But as I stated, what you're trying to get people to do is to understand skills of building relationships and listening. And often those come out in SMU through the community service project that SMU insists that undergraduates do. They are required to do 80 hours of community service before they graduate. Many of them do over 100 hours. Many of them work in teams on projects, building relationships, sometimes with countries and cultures and small projects, such as helping build a village in Laos, Vietnam, or Cambodia, or putting in some limited form of infrastructure somewhere else. The understanding you get from that working with people is understanding about differences. And that leads on to skills of cultural intelligence. Working with people from different cultures makes you understand exactly what their behaviors, their beliefs, their norms, and how they operate are. I mean, a characteristic, for example, of Asian culture is that it is more hierarchical than a Western culture. In a meeting, you typically express the views but don't criticize people and if you in need to criticize people you have one-on-one -on -one meetings if you're in a, a western or a uh, american meeting anything goes people are not exactly at each other's throats but talking quite openly and honestly about their beliefs about a problem these are differences but above all else what we try and teach students is to have some sense of purpose, some sense of context in when they treat other people, they treat them, hopefully, 
as they would wish the other people to treat them. In other words, you've got to be sensitive to people. You can't treat people poorly. And that, that's where I think the life lessons that I talked about, the community projects, the exposure through our courses called Business Study Missions, where they go to and work for two weeks on a project in an overseas country and get a grade for doing it, and also their overseas experience. I can think of one research assistant of mine who went to study in Spain, in Asade, a first-rate school in Barcelona, and has been completely transformed. Somebody who I thought was an extremely good student has just completely blossomed as an individual coming back, and it, and it has to do with understanding, sensitivity, building a persona of yourself, which is far beyond what you started out being when you first came to university. And finally, what we try and get people to do, and that's where teaching material on volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity is really difficult. But what you're trying to do is to get people to use their skills of imagination, to use their skills of creativity. And I will only give you one example. How long ago was it that the internet was developed? I mean, Tim Berners-Lee in CERN in Geneva, less than 20 years ago, probably 20 years ago. Think of all the applications that have come through human imagination that are now routine on the internet that were never there before. Somehow or other, we have to build these skills of creative thinking, of ability to think about alternative solutions, constantly not being satisfied with where you are, and constantly learning from what you're doing. Now, I think we're trying and trying and trying hard in SMU to get these things done. But it's a constant, onward, continuous improvement process. And that's what we do, and that's what we aim to do for all of our graduates, particularly in the context of being a go-anywhere graduate in a world which is changing fast, which is fast-paced, and where they're going to need to work overseas, at least for periods of time in their careers. Thank you, Professor Thomas.